Turn to Psalms 95. Psalms 95, if you got the, your Bible with you today, and I hope you do. If you want to take notes, there's a, a card there in front of you for notes, an ink pen there in front of you. Today I want to talk to you about being thankful and live thankful. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to listen to these spiritual truths. Of course, we're going to talk about being thankful first, and then we'll talk about, live, about living thankful. And uh, I truly believe that living thankful is a powerful key to the church of Jesus Christ fulfilling what God has called us to do. You know, God has called us to do great and mighty things for him. He has called us to walk in his power and to share his word and to change lives ar around the world, literally around the world. So, so I encourage you to listen to these truths. And if you, and if you pick up on a truth that, uh, that speaks to you, I jot that down. Psalms 95, we'll start in verse 2. Says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Now, see, some of you, some of you didn't know we were supposed to shout in church. Well, sure, we're supposed to shout in church. It says right there, let us shout joyfully, not humbly or not begrudgingly, but shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And whose hand are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was his, it was him who made it. And his hands formed the dry, the dry ground. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today and we praise you today, Father, for all that you do for us, Father. And we just give you thanks for what you've done in, our, in the past and we thank you for what you're gonna do in the future. We thank you that you've given us your spirit You've given us your son and you've given us your word. You've given us everything that we need to be successful and to bring glory unto you. Father, give us the strength and the courage to walk in the things that you have for us, to walk in your word and to stand up for your word. And Father, we just pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. So I want to talk to you first about being thankful. <clears throat> and you know, if we live in America today, if you live in America today, which I'm sure all of you do, I don't know, we have a foreign exchange student here, is that right? Right there. Well, uh, we hope you're thankful for being America. I am, there you go, good. I was hoping you'd say that. I kind of put myself out on a limb there. I don't know. But we have a lot to be thankful for. We live in a country where we have a tremendous amount of opportunity around us. We should be thankful because we live in a country that's governed by laws. A country that has a constitution and not a dictatorship. But we are a country that, that lives on godly principles and this country was found upon godly principles and freedom of religion. And we should be thankful to live in such a country. 
You know, each and every one of us, we could just as easily been born in a country far, far away. Ruled by a dictatorship where the meaning of life is nothing. Where you have no vote or no voice. We could, each and every one of us could have been born in a country like that. We could have been born in a place where, where women have no rights. Where they're not allowed to vote. In fact, they're treated like, like, uh, like animals. You could, be, you could have been born in a place where if you was a certain type or a certain type of individual, you would, you would be killed or, and murdered and persecuted and possibly even put in jail for the things that you stood up for. But praise be to God, we don't live in a country like that. And we should be thankful for that. We should thank the Lord for that. We live in a country where human life is worth something. That we value our children, we value our grandchildren. Instead of sending our young men out 14 and 15 years old with machine guns and teaching them to strap bombs across their bodies and to walk into, into places and detonate those bombs. Thank goodness we weren't born in a place like that. You know, I think, I really believe that because each and every one of us was born in America, that we have a special obligation to make an impact, not only in America, but also around the world. Now, just think for a moment, if you were born in some foreign country... Wouldn't you so hope that a, a great and mighty nation would, would, would try to help you? Wouldn't you hope that a great and mighty nation would, would seek to, to work on uh, humanity issues in your country? Wouldn't you hope a great and mighty nation would stand up for what is right instead of just basking in its glory? I do. I do. Everyone in America should be thankful for this great country that we live in. And you know how we show that thankfulness? By giving honor to our veterans. By giving honor to the flag that represents us. That's how we show our thankfulness to our country. That's right. That's right. By honoring our flag instead of disrespecting our flag. By honoring our veterans instead of, instead of just making them squeak by on the very least amount of money they can squeak by on. By giving them good health care instead of just making them, make them barely get by. That's part of living in a great country. We should be thankful for those things. We should not... We should not downgrade our flag and, and humiliate America by burning our flag and protesting against the flag and not standing when we do the national anthem. We should do that. Young people, we should do that. The flag of the United States of America represents thousands and thousands of men and women that have died for your freedom to come to church today. Thousands of men and women have died so that you could choose literally almost any avenue you want to pursue as you grow older. Do you want to be a school teacher? 
Do you want to be in ministry? Do you want to be a praise and worship leader? What do you want to do? Well, well, those same, those people fought for the right for you to choose what you want to do, even if it's a football player. That's right. That's right. It's true. So please, whenever the national anthem is played at our sporting events, please be respectful. Take your hat off. Stand at attention. Don't be talking. Don't be joking around. But be respectful. Be thankful for the men and women that have died so that you could have that freedom. Amen. Amen. Don't protest when the law is being followed. If you want to protest, find something that's way out of whack. But don't protest when the law is being followed and a law that has been followed for 200 years. You know, a long time ago, I realized something about leadership and something about responsibility in leadership. And this is it. The hardest thing in leadership is doing is what's best for everybody and not just me and my family. That's the hardest thing about leadership. You know why? Because we all want to do what's best for our family. But when you step in a role of leadership, that's not what it's about. It's no longer about you and your four and no more. It's not that no more. When you step into leadership, it's about everybody. Everybody's important from that moment on. You know, I I do think there should be two laws passed. I think there should be two laws passed before individuals can protest. First one is, I think they should bring a tax stub where they've paid taxes. I think they should. I think they should have to bring a tax stub where they have paid taxes. And if they've paid taxes, well, they've got a right to protest. Another thing, I think they should bring a vote stub where they voted. If, if they didn't vote, my parents have told me for years, if you don't vote, you keep your mouth shut. It's true. It's true. So we, we should be thankful for the country that we live in. We should stand for the principles that men and women have fought and died for. And I'll tell you what, and I'm realizing this more and more as time goes on. If we, if us patriotic Christians, patriotic Americans don't stand, nobody's going to. Nobody's going to take your place and stand up for what's right. But you know what will happen? If you stand up, somebody beside you might stand up. And then somebody beside them might stand up. And the next thing you know, we'll have a whole group standing up. And that's what we got to do. Amen. 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 Thank you. So let's be thankful. And we should be thankful for the country we live in. But the next one is live thankful. And that has, that has greater implications the first one will change your attitude and change your, your thinking. But if we live thankful, it'll change everything about us. Because, see, we serve a God that looks out for us. 
We serve a God. He's not a tyrant. He's not full of hatred. He's not waiting you to step out of line so he can squash you like a bug. No, he's wooing us and drawing us closer to him. That's what he's doing. A God that is loving and true. A God that is just and fair. A God that wants us to live a life of thanksgiving. A life for him that brings him honor and glory. A God that went to great lengths to remove sin out of the way and bring us back into fellowship with him. Great lengths. A God that knows when we cry. A God that hears us when we cry out. A God that knows when we have a good day. And a God that knows when we have a bad day. A God that loves his creation. I've said many times that mankind is God's greatest creation. A a God that loves his prized creation so much that he came and died so that millions could live with him for eternity. Living a thankful life for a God that loves so much that God's love filled his son Jesus. A God that has so much love that it fills every mother there is. Every mother that's here today, it's God's love that fills them. Every father that's here today, it's God's love that fills you. How about the grandparents? You got any love for your grandchildren? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Did you just notice the parents didn't say much? But oh, boy, when you talk about the grandkids, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We love the kids too. But them grandkids, it's so good. You can have them and send them home and it's all, you can go to bed and shut the lights off and you know the, you know mom and dad's up to the kids. You know they are. Mm. See, we can live a thankful life by walking in his love. A God that has so much love, it never runs out. It never grows weak. It never grows weary. And we should be thankful for that. A God that has so much love that he, that he isn't wanting to judge the guilty. Can you imagine a love like that? That he doesn't want to judge the guilty. And he made a way for every guilty person to be made innocent. From the worst to the worst to the goody two-shoes. He made a way for them to become innocent. So how do we live a life of thankfulness? Well, let me tell you. A life of thankfulness. How do we do that? 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Let me tell you this. Let me show you this. 1 John 4, 7, 8. There's a song about that. Does anybody remember that song? 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Oh, you got to be a little older before you'd remember that. 1 John 4, 7, 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. You know, this is kind of a great reality check and a spiritual checkup for each and every one of us. You want to know how spiritual you are? You want to know how close you are to God? Check your love walk. 
Check how you talk to your wife. Check how you talk to your spouse and your children. One of the, one of the most powerful scriptures to me that, that illustrates that God is real and there is a God is 1 Corinthians 13. You just know what that is. That's considered the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous and boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures every circumstance. Now, now I truly believe that this scripture right here is one of the most powerful scriptures to believe and prove that God is real. Let me tell you why. Because no man would write that. No man would, would set the bar so high and tell us that we're supposed to love the unlovely. No, no man would ever do that. That we're supposed to forgive those that persecute us. And not only do we forgive them one time, but we forgive them seven times 70. Or in other words, infinitely. Man would never write that. Only a loving God would set the bar so high. Man cannot conceive the amount of love that he has for his children. Verse 14, verse 14, one, it says, let love. Now notice this. Man didn't write this. Let love be your highest goal. <laughs> I thought it was the fastest car or the biggest house. I thought for sure that's what it was. I thought it was the most farm ground or the most cows or the fastest horse or all of those things. But no, God says, let love be your highest goal. Hmm. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we live a life of thanksgiving. That's how we show God honor and respect is by living a life of love, by loving those around us, by loving those that aren't lovely, you know what, I'll tell you what. I've said this a few times, but I'm going to say it again because I realized it just the last couple of days. And I'm going to make sure you all know this. The devil is lying to us. We went to St. Louis uh, Friday. Ori had a doctor's appointment. We went to St. Louis, and we was in St. Louis most of the day. And I cannot tell you how many loving and kind Christians we ran into at St. Louis. And see, a lot of times, the devil wants us to think that we're all alone. But you know what I've found out? It is amazing what a simple nod or a simple hi and a smile will do. It's amazing. You know, it, I, I tell you, and it always brings up good things. You know what I think most Christians are just waiting to do? They're just waiting to see another Christian. They're just waiting to see some support out there in a lost and dying world. They're just waiting to see some, some strength around them to know that they're not uh, surrounded with a bunch of enemies. But I'll tell you what, when you walk in love, you'll be surprised how many Christians will pop up around you 
And they're there all the time. But when you walk in love, when you walk in love, it brings out the best in others. It gives them a safe zone. It gives them, it gives them a, an assurance that they can be who, who they are. In closing, I want to address one more thing. In closing, many people say the critics of Christ, the critics of the church, the critics of the Bible, they say, how could Jesus Christ be the Son of God? He was hung on a cross, he was ridiculed, he was persecuted, and nobody lifted a finger. How could he be the king of anything? How could he be the savior of anything? The critics say, how could he be a king? How could he be a a savior? How could he be the son of God? He had no power. His enemies done whatever they wanted with him. They put him on a cross they defeated him. They'd, they'd done anything they wanted. Nobody lifted a hand. God didn't lift a hand. They even tormented him and said, if you are the son of God, come down from that cross. That's what the critics say. You will have friends that will say that. But here's what we have to make sure we know. At this time of Thanksgiving, we have to remember this. Jesus was not defeated. His enemies didn't defeat him. (laughs) He freely gave his life for you and for me. And for every friend and every family member that you have. And that is the truth. That is why we should be so thankful. Not just this time of year, but every day, knowing that if you run across, if you run across a drug addict, that God wants them saved. If you run across somebody that committed adultery, God wants them saved. You know what? I'll tell you what. God dealt with me yesterday. Uh, there is, uh, you know, uh, there's a drug house, Okay. And, the, and, the, and, the, and, I, and I know where it's at, and, I, and the Lord has, has instructed me that I'm to go there, and it's very simple. My conversation is very simple, to offer them a better way of life. Now, here's what will happen. They'll either receive that, or they'll reject it. But one thing I know, there will be seeds planted in those individuals. And it might take a month, it might be two months, it might be six months, it might be a year, but sooner or later, those seeds will grow. Amen? Amen. It's true. It's true. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Live thankful. Glory to God. We don't have nothing to complain about. We don't have nothing to whine about. We we live in a glorious country. And we serve... A glorious God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me, please. Will you please? Heavenly Father, we worship you today. 
We praise you today for all that you do, for moving among your people and moving among this great country that we live in. We praise you and we worship you. Oh, we just magnify your name. Now, I want to ask you today, if you have never chosen a life to follow God, you need to do that. Let me just tell you, there's no place that you'll find fulfillment for your life except following God. It's the only place you'll find it. If you're here today and you receive Christ a long time back and you're getting kind of bored and the excitement is gone, let, let me t- I'll give you the answer, for, the answer for that. If you can just get in the Word for just a few days. God will kindle that fire inside of you. He will stir that up inside of you. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Here's what you've got to do next. You've got to do what he tells you to do. And if you will do what he tells you to do, that flame will never go dim. It'll never go out. But if you'll follow him, <laughs> if you follow God, you won't get bored. Amen. If you follow God, you'll change your family. If you follow God, you'll change your friends. If you follow God, God will use you. God will take you. Young people, God will take you places that you can never go by your, on your own. If you have a need this morning, please come. Please come. If you have a family member that needs prayer, if you have a situation in your body that needs prayer, please come. We'll anoint you with oil. Whatever the case may be, if you need a touch from God, please come. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.